Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear, the host of Refuge Freedom Stories. Today I'm here with a very special guest, someone that I love very much, my little cousin, Catherine Mann. Thanks, Catherine, for coming to be with us today and share your story. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good. So this is your story. I'm going to give you an opportunity to go back in your past and share a little bit about your childhood. Well, I'll start by saying that my, when my mom left, my biological father, uh, I was a baby and my sister was four years old. My mom traveled a lot for work and was home when she could be, but we moved out of my grandparents' house six years later when my mom realized that she wanted to spend more time with my sister and I, Mm -hmm. so she quit her job. It was a huge transition. Oh, yes. So my mom and my sister and I, we went with my mom and our whole family, um, mom's sister, we went to the United Church that our family had attended for three generations, mm-hmm. which was pretty special. And it provided some continuity in my life, although I had a feeling of being uprooted from the comfort zone I'd had come to know, mm-hmm. living with my grandparents. I was introverted as a child. So I'll just say that uh, in keeping with the comfort zone. But I came out of my shell when I was with my cousins, which was all the time. (laughs) (laughs) We Camping, Christmas time, Sunday dinners, picnics. We were a very close family. We spent a lot of time together. Yes, we did. Great times. And my grandparents were at the helm. Mm -hmm. You know, so having said that, some of my cousins started attending another church and I didn't feel comfortable going to Sunday school. That wasn't the only reason that I didn't feel comfortable, though. For as long as I can recall, my mom, who was a single parent at that time, got very emotional and cried just after the service began. And I didn't want to leave my mom. I eventually joined the junior choir with my cousins, Charlie and Chris, and I enjoyed the weekly choir practice, and I began to feel like I belonged in those practices, in that practice time. Mom sang in the senior choir, and I can remember falling asleep many times on the church pew waiting for the senior choir to finish their practice. And it was a very comfort. It was really, really neat. And mom seemed really joyful to be singing in the choir. And on those evenings, well, when I was about six, I began to feel like a free spirit and that I belonged to something that I knew was bigger than me. I still love to sing. And I feel blessed having had those years that truly created a foundation for my faith. I no longer saw myself as that shy child that sat with the adults trying to make sense of a sermon that was a challenge to understand. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I really did try in my way. Yeah. So I continued to attend service, Sunday service, regularly until around the age of 14 or 15. At that point, I only attended a few times a year. It was at that age that I took a job for 25 hours a week while I was in high school. And the money I made afforded me to buy my first collection of albums. Mm. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had arrived. Yeah. Uh, within a, a month or so, however, I was exposed to drugs, alcohol, and bars. 
My older sister, Sue, she began to show some signs that she was emotionally distressed at home. She was seldomly home and, in fact, moved out with my biological father for at least a year. So it was at that point my life really changed a lot. I can imagine. Yeah. My mom had remarried and, you know, it was okay. I was happy that they were happy, but there was something missing. And I really felt that I had lost my sister to drugs and alcohol. And then, to my surprise, I was able to buy liquor at 15. Mm, imagine that. Yeah. So I, I don't know, I, I continued to get good grades in high school. I involved myself in sports throughout those years. And the one thing that I held dear were the Sunday dinners with my grandparents and my mom and my dad. But I hid my alcohol and drug abuse from my family. By the time I was 23, I had been going out to bars usually from Thursday to Sunday with my girlfriends. So that was, you know, five years, mm-hmm. long time. And that led to eventually dropping out of college twice. I was diagnosed with depression and I really didn't like living at home where alcohol seemed to have been present uh, a lot growing up under the guise of celebrating for holidays and and good times, you know, good Mm -hmm. weather, anytime. So my life felt empty and I had become a party girl, but I had a longing to be rescued, I'll say, from that way of life. A few short years later, after that, I had a child. I was 27, so a couple years later, and I was delighted at the prospect of starting a family of my own. We bought a house and planned a wedding, and we settled into attending Wesley Knox United Church together. But within eight months, my daughter's father became verbally and, well, emotionally and physically abusive. And at that time, I felt alone again. I went against my intuition, my gut, or what I would later come to find out was God whispering in my ear. Mm -hmm. So I was apprehensive about being a single mother as my mother had been. And I truly thought things could work out if I tried hard enough. Another year later, Samantha's, my daughter's father and I split up. And wonderful thing is that the next 12 years were the best years of my life. My daughter, Samantha, filled my days with happiness. And I realized today that I had been blessed with the opportunity to see life through the eyes of my child. You know, I, I know that I wanted to change the history of an unhealthy family dynamic mm-hmm. that I had grown up with. There were, there were times when it was that it was really good and, and many joyful times, but there was, you know, some chaotic times that I retreated back to wanting to escape from that. So what I found was that I was able to relive my own childhood when I was raising Sam. Mm -hmm. And when Samantha's father and I had split up, it was at that time that I I reached out to my minister at Wesley Knox for counseling. Mm -hmm. We had a special bond and that gave me strength to see myself in a different light. You know, a mother, a good mother, you know, and mm-hmm. my life had, had really changed. There was also an occasion when my cousin Julie came over and we sat and talked for quite a while. 
And thankfully, we talked at length about my longing for Jesus in my life. There were many times that I felt the presence of God and knew that I was being directed by him. I was starting to listen to God's direction at that time, but wanted more. So in that conversation, Julie really helped me to find the missing link in my understanding of bringing Christ into my heart and how to do that. She told me that Christ was inside me. And it was at that point that everything changed for me in a good way, in a miraculous way. Uh, It all came together. As I recalled in that moment, you know, that little girl singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And finally realizing and taking into my heart what, you know, the song I had sung for so many years, but didn't truly understand I was elated knowing that I could always call on God because he was truly a part of me and was inside me. So that was kind of a, an awakening, spiritual awakening for you at that point. Yes, wow. yes, it was. Beautiful. And I'd like to say that everything fell into place as, you know, the pressures of being a single parent and trying to make ends meet was tough. So... Things were good off and on as far as my wanting to escape through alcoholism. Eventually, uh, it became too much for me to handle. And I used to call that single parent burnout. Well, no, it was what it was, was I had I had not continued on a regular basis. There was no maintenance for my, what should I say, my my beliefs in God and, and, and continuing to, you know, every day thank him and every day pray to him. Mm-hmm. So I still attended church when I could, but I worked in the restaurant business and uh, on Sundays. It was difficult because I, I had to work most Sundays. You were scheduled, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I had to make a hard choice as to whether, you know, leave that job and find another or continue to make ends meet you know so it was it was a disappointment but since then i found a daily reprieve in my resolve to recover from alcoholism i denied it but god kept i say whispering in my ear Mm -hmm. and i love that yeah and so i spent many years in church basements in aa And that brought me back to my faith in God in in a concrete way. I was going to meetings, sometimes five meetings a week, Mm -hmm. and it was a faith-based program. So I asked Jesus for direction every day and and to, to help me to overcome this disease of alcoholism. You know, I, I thank him for my blessings, knowing that he saved me from a life that I didn't want. I was a wreck. My prayers have been answered too many times to count. You know, there have been burdens along my journey, but I've come to know that when we give up our will and ask for God's direction, our burdens become blessings in God's time. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share my faith in Jesus with others as well. And I do that whenever God puts someone in my life. And, you know, that's a gift. Like, what a gift. Mm -hmm. And my relationship with my daughter has grown leaps and bounds in the last months. So 
you know, I didn't know when the distance between us was going to be lessened, literally because she was a distance away from me in school, but also that distance between us that had been present for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just by the grace of God that we are healing that relationship with love and compassion for each other, you know, and patience and all of the things that love is, you know, what love truly is. And and I've also found peace with other relationships with my mom and, you know, just our relationship was strained for a while. And, you know, we're healing that too. And, mm-hmm. and that, again, is, you know, an answer to my prayers and, and God's grace. And I want to thank you, Dave, for being a living testament no. of walking with God. You have really shown me the way in, in so many, at so many times during my life not just now, but through the years, knowing what you do helps me, has helped me to see that God is walking with you every day and you're doing God's work. And I I just thank you so much for sharing your strength and sharing, sharing the way that you find that strength. Well, thank you, Catherine. You know, if there was something you (laughs) would say to your younger self, Mm -hmm. if you could go back in time, Mm -hmm. what would that be? Well, I know for sure that I would want to pick her up, put her on my shoulders and say, it's okay, Kathy, little Kathy, you're safe in my arms, but you're also safe in with Jesus's arms wrapped around you and that his light is inside you and that it's, you know, that it's your time to shine and just to, to really, you know, to reach out little Kathy and see that light and in times of trouble find it find that light knowing that jesus is inside you oh that's beautiful do you have a favorite scripture verse or anything you'd like to share with us well i think something that i say every day is god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being willing to share your story with us. You are a blessing to me and to many others. And, you know, our lives are filled with adversity and all kinds of things that happen to us that are beyond our control. But you have shown your faith in God. You have expressed that in your life and shown many people that they, too, can overcome things in their lives. Thanks so much for being with us, Catherine. Thank you.
Now a few words from Alan Campbell about Refuge Ministries Canada. Refuge Ministries Canada started when I was invited to share my testimony from accepting the Lord at 19 in Millhaven Penitentiary to be interviewed on 100 Humphrey Street. As a result of this interview, I was invited by a local church in Spruce Grove, Alberta to share my testimony at the Edmonton Young Offender Detention Center where a 12-year-old boy whose role models were Jeffrey Dahmer and Charles Manson accepted the Lord. Leaving the youth jail that Tuesday night, I got on an airplane to fly back to London realizing that nothing was being done to support him, disciple him, and mentor him when he was released. That is how Refuge Ministries Canada started. I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. 
So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.